Hello one, hello all, and welcome to the newest podcast in town, Figure Forecast. My name's Sam Gardner, and I'm joined by my good friend, Damien. How are you doing, Damien? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm not too bad, thank you, man. Right, so let's get to it. The Figure Forecast is a wrestling podcast. Uh, we're going to be doing this probably once every couple of weeks, see how it goes. Um, but this f- first episode is going to be focusing on the preview to the Royal Rumble, what we think might happen, our best uh, moments from the Royal Rumble, and basically just have a good talk about it. We're not experts, we're just two normal blokes talking about wrestling. Let's see how it goes. Okay, before we jump into the Royal Rumble, I think for any of our listeners who aren't caught up, we should probably talk about this week in wrestling and what's been happening recently. If we start with Monday Night Raw, I'm sure you're going to love talking about this. Uh, It's been an interesting few weeks with Raw. Uh, The main story is obviously the Randy Orton and the Fiend uh, kind of thread. It's been going on for a few weeks now. Randy Orton obviously debuting a new look. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it seems like Randy Orton uh, is trying to be a luchador with a Dorito nose. Yeah, Um, Uh, Similar to Juan Cena. uh, A throwback there. Um, Obviously, for anyone who hasn't been watching Raw uh, recently, Randy Orton had his face burnt and this week turned up with what looked to be Another wrestling mask turned inside out and a very <laughs> red nose. Um, a, a very, very red nose. Can I just say one thing about that, right? Yeah. I'm not an expert on Burns. I'm not going to pretend to be one. However, at the beginning of his promo, he said he's got first degree Burns. And I'm pretty sure that the worst thing you can do with Burns is wrap them up in a mask, <laughs> especially uh, if they're first degree. Now, I don't want to... Yeah, say that's a hundred percent gospel, but I'm pretty sure that's right. Yeah, I'm not sure what the difference between first, second, third degree. I feel I get worse as the number goes up, um, but yeah. I do do recall like not wrapping something up is probably a good idea for a burn. But this is the world of wrestling. Being scientifically accurate is not always their uh, first priority. <laughs> I mean, true. I mean, I, I just remember watching it on uh, on Tuesday morning here in the UK and um, me wanting to fast forward that segment, but my mouth just hitting the floor seeing Randy Orton in what they dressed him in. So I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, I've been enjoying the whole story. I think it's probably the best thing that's happening on Raw. I know you'll say that's not exactly difficult because there's a lot yep. of lower quality things happening at Raw at the minute. But I, I'm, enjoy, I'm enjoying the story. I'm interested to see where it goes. And although I feel like the mask is a odd choice, I feel it opens up a few interesting story beats they could tell. Um, we'll have to yeah. tune in on, uh, well, it'll be Tuesday for us in the UK, but tune in next week to Raw uh, to watch and see what happens. And um, I believe Randy Orton has declared himself for the Royal Rumble. So... He not only declared himself, he said that he was going to win the Royal Rumble. And I hate to break this to you, Damien, but if he wins the Royal Rumble, this might be the shortest-lived podcast ever 
because I'm not watching wrestling ever again. Oh, you heard it here, folks. <laughs> here first, folks. Um, if Randy Orton wins, or if you're listening to it and he has won, there will be no second episode, unfortunately. So uh, that's, well, that's a new podcast about knitting or something. I don't know what we'd call it, but we'll think we'll think of another name. Um, what else happened? Yeah. What else big has been happening on Raw? Um. What else good has been happening on Raw? Um, not a lot, to be honest. Ooh, that's, there's been that's uh, that's a bit harsh. There's there's been some other good moments on Raw. I, I know you're not a fan at the moment, but I'm I'm still enjoying it. It's, yeah. it's not the highlight of my Tuesday, but it's definitely something I look forward to seeing what is going on, good or bad. I mean, um, if it's not the highlight of your Tuesday in lockdown, um, I I'd love to know what is. It's obviously my dinner. I'm a I'm a big lover of my dinner on a Tuesday night. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. Uh, I might sound a bit harsh on Raw at the minute. I know they've been hit with um with the old COVID outbreak there, and people having to pull double duty. Um, but it is it has been particularly poor. I think for the last few weeks, for me anyway. Um, one thing I did enjoy more out of morbid fascination, more than uh, more than actually enjoy. I think was seeing Gilberg on Raw, a couple of months after a heart attack as well. I didn't know I I didn't know like, about yeah. the heart attack. Yeah, I'm sure I read a couple of months ago he had a heart attack. I was like, bloody hell, he, he's either tight for money and has to do this in the middle of COVID, or uh, that guy's one tough motherfucker. I mean, he not, he's not actually having to wrestle, which probably makes uh, coming back a little bit, little bit easier on him. Um, True. But True. Uh, that was an interesting yeah. segment. I feel only came about because, unfortunately, Drew McIntyre has uh, tested positive for COVID. Um, yeah, definitely. He said he's not showing any symptoms and he's feeling okay. Whether that's just because he's something he's saying. And he's booked for uh, the upcoming Raw as well. So, yeah. fingers crossed, Wh- he's all good. Whether that's just something that he's been saying because he's on TV and he doesn't want to be or if he actually is. I feel that has change the story with him and Goldberg which is not a story I'm uh, enthusiastic about uh, I feel that See, I was going to ask your thoughts on this what <laughs> what are your thoughts on Goldberg returning and where do you see it going I don't have a problem with the returning legend uh, storyline um, as long as it's played well I don't want to see Goldberg win the WWE title. I really hope no. it doesn't. I mean, you, you mentioned if Randy Orton wins the Royal Rumble that this will be <laughs> the last episode of the podcast. I believe I did mention something similar before about if uh, Goldberg wins the WWE title that I would stop watching. But I feel like it may just be I stop watching Raw because there is other good stuff happening in the world of wrestling. Um, there is. There is. So, I mean, my take on Goldberg is uh, such of impending doom. I fear that it's uh, it's not a case of if he's going to win the title or if he's going to be at WrestleMania. It's He is going to be at WrestleMania in some sense. And I think I'll expand on that a bit later. And when we're talking about the rumble itself, but I can't see any good coming from uh, from Goldberg 
being here at all. I, 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 know, I mean, some people, there might, might be someone in a corner of the world that loves Goldberg still, but, but um, out, that's not me. Outside of uh, his ma- match with uh, Undertaker a few months, years, I don't remember when that was, uh, ago. I think so. The, yeah, the Saudi Arabia match with the, the Undertaker, where they both had a few mistakes, I will say. Um, kind. That's very kind. His <laughs> returns have been okay. That I like the one at SummerSlam where he just randomly returned and kicked Dolph Ziggler's ass. That was very, that was cool. that was very entertaining. His matches with Brock Lesnar were entertaining at the time. His match with the yeah, Fiend cool. was a bit. Uh, frustrating again because he won the title which I don't have a problem with Goldberg being back it's just more that he's in the title picture but then again I'm not sure where else he could pop up he probably I just don't think he's needed he probably should have challenged Randy Orton is that felt like that's what they were setting it up for and then he challenged Drew McIntyre um which well yeah just going back a couple of weeks as well when he did come back the uh, the logic that Goldberg said was that uh, McIntyre was disrespecting the legends. But if you rewind like an hour or so before that in Raw, uh, McIntyre was there posing with flipping um, Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Hart yeah. and saying what it meant to him. There wasn't an ounce of disrespect to the legends. So I see what you mean with Randy Orton. And potentially that would have been a better story. Probably would have. Um... But I'm guessing they're just not not done with the the Fiend storyline there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I really liked um, the Sheamus story that was developing with McIntyre, and that might be a longer burner. But I thought it was ideal for the the, for the Rumble to be the honest. friends turned enemies turned friends kind of back and forth. Yeah, the whole thing with Keith Lee, I, th- I thought it was good, and um, I thought Royal Rumble the title was never really going to change hands. Um, I know we just said maybe it will with Goldberg, but you, it's, it's never one that you really think that the main title is going to change hands. No, I'm, um, I'm not sure so... how many times it has changed hands at the Royal Rumble. I feel like you never think it will, but um, it might surprise us and actually have changed hands quite a few times, but it just it never seems likely because of the way the Royal Rumble is booked to face a champion at WrestleMania. You kind of feel like it's set up um, with whoever the champion is on the night, but if the Royal Rumble goes last after the men's it does. championship, well, because they've got two now, only one of them can go on last. <laughs> and I feel like if you had back-to-back Royal Rumbles, True. that would be a little bit too much in one go. Um, yeah. yeah. So if Goldberg, God forbid, does beat Drew McIntyre, <laughs> then that does then impact the Royal Rumble on who you, who might win, and you can build that story. So I feel like. Realistically, the Royal Rumble is the last good time to change the champion. Um, yeah. There is one or sometimes two pay-per-views uh, between Royal Rumble and WrestleMania. And it's normally quite unlikely that the title changes hands there, unless, of course, it is directly part of the story. Uh, I believe there has been a few times I can think of where the title has changed hands afterwards, but it's it's normally part of a, a larger story. So... One more thing that I want to talk about on Raw is the whole Charlotte, Lacey Evans and Ric Flair storyline. Okay. First of all, I want to know what you think about it before I weigh in. I think it has potential. It's a little weird 
Um, but I think I think I think it could be funny. I think they could play it well. Um, I've not seen so much of that so far, but you know it's, it's early days in a story, so either it's going to be great or they're going to just stop having Ric Flair on the show and never mention it again. It is WWE after all. Yeah, I mean there, there are aspects that I like about it. Um, but I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago when it first started, the whole Charlotte, oh, get out of my business thing to Ric Flair. It's been done a few times and it's a bit boring, but it's developed from there a little bit. Yeah. And I like, I kind of, I've always liked Lacey Evans in a way. She seems, there's a character in there and a performer in there that I like. Um, the only thing that gets me about it is I always feel uneasy, especially, well, only at the minute with, uh, with COVID about Ric Flair being there, especially just after a COVID outbreak as well. <laughs> it, I, I just can't just sit back, relax and enjoy what's happening. It, it's always on the back of my mind, but look, maybe that's a different different um, issue. That is, that is not something I'd considered but... when watching it, uh, to be fair. Um, I feel, I always feel just kind of when watching the wrestling, that they must be taking some precautions, but yeah, I suppose that, yeah, that yeah. could be something that, uh, Maybe that's just my worry in mind taking over. Could be, but is there any, is there any other highlights or lowlights that you've had of Raw in the recent weeks that uh, you'd like to discuss? Well, I, do, I just want to go back to the uh, the main event of Raw this week and um, Alexa's Playground. Actually, Alexa's Playground. I I thought that was possibly up there with Bailey. This is your life one of the worst um, segments that I've seen in recent times. It was it was so bad. Um, I think WWE have clearly sort of lost interest in Asuka in a way it, during the empty performance Are you center referring to the, the match like, or the talk show segment earlier in the night? Well, I'll go for the talk show first. Okay. I've seen online that a lot of people have said Alexa Bliss is really, 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 really good at acting. I thought it was really bad. I thought it was really bad acting. And I thought the way that they portrayed Asuka as scared was really weak. That's not what I had in my mind of what Asuka was. Uh, I sort of had her in my mind as the dominating champion. Yeah. Um, She did used to... A little girl speaking. Sorry, uh, continue. I was going to say... a little girl, if you want, in Alexa Bliss speaking to her imaginary friend, making her piss her pants pretty much, um, sort of undermined any sort of credibility that Asuka had. Uh, I think it's pretty clear they're going to take the title off her soon. Um, but who to? Maybe we'll find the out The only soon. comment thing I would say about that is, if you imagine in the world of WWE, whether they're trying to play it off yeah. as being a TV show or real life, there's it's kind of its own thing. That yeah, you've got to imagine to from Asuka's point of view that Alexa Bliss isn't pretending to talk to an imaginary friend. She's actually doing that. Yeah. She actually has an imaginary friend who has magical powers, which would be quite an intimidating thing. Um, True. So when you when you when we watch it and we see it's wrestlers pretending to be. Uh, pretending to have split personalities and 
uh, like Bray Wyatt pretends to be uh, the fiend and Alexa. I don't think she's been given a, a, an extra name, but she has like this kind of dark persona as seen in the the main event. We we watch mm. it and think, oh, they're they're pretending, but the if it's you watch it as a TV show, then that would be quite a, a dramatic. Like, oh, this person can teleport and set things yeah. on fire just willingly. Um, it would be quite intimidating and a worrying thing to do. I feel that's something that's kind of been lost in WWE recently is where they kind of try and blur the lines between reality and TV show. And I don't think they've helped yeah. themselves yeah. with that because they always try and push it off as this is real. And then when they do that little extra things, it's maybe it's... Um, just not quite hitting the mark with certain fans. Uh, but with everything that's happening in WWE on, and with everything that's happening in wrestling, I don't feel like you're meant to enjoy everything. No, I think they're trying to cater to yeah. everyone. Like if, you, and if you go into any post on social media uh, from a wrestling company, whether it be WWE, AEW, Impact, um, any, <laughs> any company that posts something, there will be people that say this is the best thing ever and then there will also be people that say it's the worst thing ever. WWE tweeted something the other day about The Fiend and some of the comments were like, oh, he's the worst thing ever. I don't want to ever see him on TV again. When for yeah. the best part of a year, he's been one of the highlights. Whether He may not have been booked the best at all times, but he's always been one of the things you look forward to seeing or what they're going to do with him. But there are some people who are just going to hate him. Yeah. So I feel like you're not meant to enjoy yeah, everything. I mean, I, so. I like, yeah, I get that. I like The Fiend as a whole. I, I've enjoyed him. There's obviously been some ropey moments, but when isn't there? Pretty much. Uh, it's just this segment. Maybe less so Alexa Bliss. More, I don't understand why they put Asuka in there. It could have been anyone, but... I just feel like it sort of damaged Asuka more than Alexa Bliss in well, a way. Um, hopefully it's not a permanent damage. You could, um, I'm sure they can work it back in to her looking pretty dominant. Um, yeah. Does she have a title match as of now at Royal Rumble? Well, not, not at the minute, no. Not at the minute. Um, but Alexa said she's in the Rumble. Yeah. So... I guess they're going to announce something on Monday, yeah. maybe this coming Monday. But if if we want to go to the match, I actually quite enjoyed the match itself. I thought it was pretty cool. Um, I thought the I, I sort of I liked the idea of what they did with Alexa snapping and uh, turning into like a possessed fiend kind yeah. of person, if you will. Um, I didn't sort of I thought um, how do I put it. The way they did it with the advert break, I thought, sucked a little bit. I thought they could have potentially just edited it because... Yeah, it did, it did seem a little odd. I didn't realise at first either that she'd changed her T-shirt. So yeah. when it, when yeah. it came yeah, back, and I was like, oh, I, I expected some like dramatic change. But all I, the only thing I noticed that she'd changed her, her hairstyle, and I thought, oh, that was a little odd. But it was only... And then just put... Yeah, makeup and hairstyle, and uh, it wasn't until the end when obviously they did the flick back to uh, yeah. regular Alexa Bliss. I noticed the 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 t-shirt change. They could have just done it in like a um, Undertaker lights off style thing where it just appears. They could have easily edited it out. There's no like live crowd there, 
and you could have just fed what uh, the the Thunderdome audience the feed that's coming through the TV anyway. Yeah. Could have just filmed it earlier. Well, and it all I, I think. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Maybe there is someone that's uh, already spoken about this, but I think during the ad break they filmed the end segment of Raw when she's back as regular Alexa Bliss. I think that's why they did the oh, ad right. break because they obviously had to film that and it had the Thunderdome in the background. So I feel like that's what why they did the ad break because they were trying to film it. But they have been doing a lot of this kind of the Thunderdome screens go off and then they can change things on or so they've done it with uh Triple H was it last week or the week before yeah. disappearing um uh before the fireball with Randy Orton that they did that um, and they've been doing that a lot and I feel that's really adding something yeah. to these stories and that they can do this little kind of change they can make things work that wouldn't um, and it's definitely something that's been good with the Thunderdome era of WWE and that they've had this ability to be able to kind of do this more ridiculous stuff with it yeah yeah definitely yeah anything else you want to add about Raw or are we about there there is there is a lot of other stuff that's happened on Raw uh, but I feel like we've been talking quite a little quite a while about a few of these topics and we've got a couple of other shows to cover before yeah. we even get to uh a big topic. So if we move on yeah. to SmackDown, fresh yeah, in our uh, minds as we both watched it this morning at the time yeah, of recording. Uh, only ju- only just finished me. I think I stopped watched the last segment uh, about an hour before we started recording today. So hopefully I can remember everything. Okay. Well, fingers crossed. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was a pretty good show in total. I quite enjoyed yeah, it. I was I was quite entertained today. Um, I was focused a little bit more on trying to remember on what was happening, knowing we was going to do this podcast, but uh, didn't didn't take any of the fun out of it for yeah. me. Right. I want to ask you one question. Okay. Um, when I say your highlight, what is your has been your highlight of SmackDown over the last few weeks? What's the immediate thing that comes to your so mind? So the highlight for me has been Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns. Okay. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably agree, but Pushing him, I'd say, is Billy Kay. I just find that so funny. Yeah, she <laughs> has been quite entertaining. Doing and um, this week, her Bianca Belair and oh, she did another impression. I can't think who it is now. Oh, she did. Uh, uh, Carmella, Bianca Belair and Carmella impressions well. backstage yeah. were a nice, li- nice, very small, um, but humorous moment that uh, I did I did have a little chuckle at um, I think it was last week yeah. during the entrance when she was really trying to be like punk um, not CM Punk <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> clarify uh, when you're talking about wrestling you've got to, you've got to be careful <laughs> there um, really trying to be like a punk rocker as she was walking to the ring was quite a funny moment and she has been quite an interesting and there was a yeah, there's a bit in their entrance last week. I think Ruby maybe helps live up onto the ring, and then Billy was just waiting there with her arm out, like, "Come on, man, help me as well. I want to be part of the squad." It's just, yeah, it's funny. And when the uh, when the Iconics were broke up last year, who would have uh, put their money on Billy Kay being um, probably the best one out? This is definitely the, the definitely the most, the most um, entertaining. Um, I'm not sure why. It felt like Peyton Royce at the time was going to be the the star, 
but it just doesn't seem to have I happened. I think she's the better wrestler. Yeah. Yeah, they've just put in that random tag team with Lacey. Which now yeah. seems to have not be That's, happening uh, because of Lacey and the Brick Flair story. So... Yeah, who knows? Who knows? Uh, another highlight for uh, me on SmackDown. Uh, Sammy Zayn. Sammy, Sammy Zayn has been... Uh, 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 it's been a bit up and down for me over the last few months on my enjoyment of the Sami Zayn segment. Uh, I thought this week yeah. was a good one. I'm t- I tend to not be a fan of the cowardly heel characters and that's definitely been the yeah. the, the character that Sami Zayn has been portraying. Um, but him handcuff himself handcuffing himself to the uh, barricade and just being like a presence for a, a, a few matches and so it was just being kind of being there was quite quite funny and then he, he got to be dominant in the ring which is something we haven't seen from Sami Zayn in a while so yeah hopefully no sure yeah, hopefully this, uh, this story can do good things for him well, I'm guessing that it's leading to a triple threat at Rumble between uh, Apollo Crews, Big E, and and Sammy for the Intercontinental Championship. I think that's I, the logical I, way. I that would it's going. be surprised if it wasn't. Um, the only thing I could think of is maybe this they would save it, but I don't know if they would save it yeah. for WrestleMania or if it will just end up with a re- maybe a rematch at WrestleMania. So it probably is a good chance it's going to happen the Royal Rumble. I mean, knowing WWE and their track record of um, of managing to keep a enthralling story from January all the way through to April to uh, Mania, um, I think that's they're, quite. They're normally unlikely. good at the re- uh, at the WrestleMania um, stories. They normally set things up just before the yeah. Royal Rumble, and then they c- kind of continue that thread until. WrestleMania, because of course the Royal Rumble is the first stop on the road to WrestleMania. Yeah, as Michael Cole said many times uh, on <laughs> last night feel, on SmackDown, just yeah. just making sure we know that we haven't been watching it for like twenty years or whatever. Yeah, just make sure. Got to get those those sound bites in there somewhere. Exactly, exactly. I personally, I don't think it is going to go to the Rumble because I have a, a, a feeling. Well, I hope. That Biggie is the one to win the Rumble, oh, but we'll come to that in a bit anyway. Come back to uh, okay. maybe. I said obviously <laughs> the big, the big topic on SmackDown has been the Tribal Chief, the head of the table, the big dog, the man of many nicknames, Roman Reigns. He's woof, woof. almost on par with Daenerys Targaryen for the longest name in entertainment at the moment. <laughs> He is, he is, and um, I think he—he's earned all of them. I think he's probably the best thing in. Yeah, this this heel character. It. People have been saying it for years that he needed to be heel, and I ne- never imagined this would be the sort of heel he was going to portray. But Me, either, but he absolutely. Owned it. Yeah, exactly, man. He's yeah, badass, isn't like, he? He's, in- he's, he's intimidating as a wrestler on TV can be, um, and you believe. That people would be like scared of him, so um, obviously not yeah. everyone. Like you can't have everyone be scared of him because otherwise you've not got anyone to feud with him. But you do kind of get that that kind of impression that he like the fact he's he's saying that yeah. he he gets to make the rules and stuff. And it's like, well, yeah, how he's been portrayed, I can I can believe that. 
Oh, oh, there we go. I'm sounding like Roman Reigns now. <laughs> Believe that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think the final thing they need to do, and I was reading earlier this week, um, that they're working on new music for him is change that that uh, entrance music, and it'll get him away from the Shield uh, tires. But I think this character yeah. just uh, suits him to a T. Is he's absolutely owning it? That opening promo as well that he did today. Usually, I'm I'm not a fan, and I sort of switch off for opening promos to a show because WWE did it so much. But I was listening to all of it, and it's just it's convincing. It's he's not playing a wrestler. Yeah. That's him, isn't it? It's it's like literally coming from him. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. definitely been a highlight each week. Um, ever since it started with, and I'm gonna have to get the right one. Is it Jay Uso? Is he was feuding with? I'm... Main event Uso. You could have got out of it. I just could have. Main event, um, I, I wish I had. I, I, if by some weird <laughs> slim chance Jay Uso is listening to this, I am very sorry that I forgot. Um, I know he brought it up in one of the one of his promos when he was feuding with Roman Reigns that people always ask which one is he. It, you always struggle with twins, where and especially when they're playing the same character type than they always have been. It, it can some and they wear the same, exact same clothes. It can be a little, a little and, bit difficult to tell them apart. Um, and I, I, I would, I would, I would have to apologise to both of them if I ever had the the luck to meet them. In that, it is so difficult to tell them apart. In how <laughs> sorry, sorry, Jay, um, especially how WWE yeah. books them as well. But they've always been a tag team. Uh, but. Even so, as I was saying, with him main eventing against Roman Reigns, those matches were some of the probably some of the best matches we've had this year. Say this year in wrestling, not this year, it was in 2021 because that was last year. Um, yeah, uh, there there were some of the highlights, and you wouldn't have got that, although, um, we've had highlights with the Usos, they had a match, uh, Hell in a Cell match against the New Day a few years ago, which was probably probably the match of the night. I think, awesome. it, I think it was at the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view. Um, probably it was the match of the nights at the time. Um, they're amazingly yeah. talented, but they just never, you never see them as being in the main event, just how the stories were told. But this Roman Reigns story has uh, given us that. Will be interesting to see where that story goes oh, when yeah, absolutely. Jimmy returns. It will. I think uh, one thing that's a hundred percent sure that I'm sure we'll both agree on is that Roman is holding that title until Mania, at least. I would be incredibly surprised if he didn't. Yeah, incredibly surprised and very annoyed if he didn't. If he didn't go into Mania with the title, then I'd be very. So one thing on SmackDown, I was. So a tiny bit disappointed with was that Paul Heyman came out in a suit for his match. For I his match. I know they were gonna they did the the swapping the person that was in the match uh, trick that to to get Adam Pearce and Roman Reigns into a, a a fight, but I really just wish that Paul Heyman had come out in some kind of ring gear like. Yeah, I, I see that. It would have been more convincing, um, I suppose, in a way. It, it was kind of a bit obvious to know yeah, what Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't think that was going to happen until he came out. I thought there was going to be some twist, but I didn't think it was going to be 
that yeah, I didn't yeah, think like that it was gonna be Roman Reigns was just gonna swap. I mean, maybe it should have been obvious. Even if he came down in like vest and his and his yeah, uh, just, suit trousers, that would have been a bit better. Um, hopefully, we get some. I say hopefully. Uh, hopefully, at some point, maybe like Paul Heyman does get uh, a bit of comeuppance because there's been some some amazing moments over the years with Paul Heyman when someone's finally got a hold of him and he's a yeah, yeah. He, he plays good, that he? kind of that weaselly character exactly that you just love to hate so well. Um, he's got such a way with words yeah. normally, um, whether whoever he's representing. But I would have, I would have liked to have seen um, Adam Pearce uh, like get his hands on Paul Heyman, even if scrap that, even if just for a moment uh, before Roman Reigns. <laughs> came in um maybe maybe in a future weeks but i understand what you're saying um one thing i do want to add that i tweeted out last night to your surprise roman reigns is the main and the main event picture being so good i feel has elevated smackdown the whole show and made it seem so much better It, it it sort of it just feels refreshing in a way and i think that's kind of how what's yeah. suffering on Raw. I'm not saying that the on Raw is or is uh, amazing. It's very average. Um but I don't think the main event on Raw is as captivating as on SmackDown. And Reigns just feels like a star. He feels like the only true star in WWE at the minute. I can see that. To me. I mean Drew Drew's pushing him, but I wouldn't say that he's sort of star level I think he's just very 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 good and I like Drew McIntyre but Reigns is just head and shoulders above everyone else and I feel like that yeah. benefits the entire show uh, even even the little things yeah. um, like they recently released the Wrestlemania uh, announcement for the next three years uh, with having WWE superstars portraying other characters uh, for comedic effect um, even just in that moment of Roman deciding, no, I'm not going to do that. Like, was <laughs> just yeah, like they've been brilliant. very good with his character, and it is making him feel quite big, which is something WWE have been trying to do with Roman Reigns for years. Um, and exactly. this time, I don't know if everyone uh, I haven't really been looking at how people online are reacting to Roman Reigns. I generally try to avoid it because I've always been a fan of of Roman um, and a lot of people don't like don't seem to like him yeah, online right. but I I, I, thought... I think a lot of the criticism yeah. before was unfair I think he was he's always good uh, I guess it's just the yeah. character isn't it you, you've seen this new character has just unlocked uh, the, another surprising highlight for me on Smackdown this week was the Salt course segment of, uh, between Bianca Belair and Bailey. I'd, normally, these kind of segments are terrible. Oh man, I'm completely different to you. I love these sort of segments. Like instantly, when you say a salt course segment, I think back to a, a couple of years ago. It was an awful story between Sami Zayn and Bobby oh, Lashley about don't his remind three sisters. Me. <laughs> but there was a <laughs> but there was an assault course segment in that that was amazing and. 
it's similar to Reigns to a lesser extent. Anything that Bailey's involved in at the minute, I, I just feel is gold. And I knew it was going to be good, but it should make Listen, it good. Normally, I, I don't awesome. like these segments because they, they're always between a face and a heel. But it's normally a case of yeah. why aren't they just having a match? If it was two faces doing it, it would normally it would make sense. They don't want to fight each other. They want to prove who's best. And the Sulkers, it always tends to be two people yeah. who don't like each other. And it's like, why are they not just having a, a match or something? But the way that Bailey and Bianca Belair have been feuding <clears throat> has been almost as if it's two faces. Yeah, no, Bailey's she, not been the out and out heel. She's showed yeah. heel, heel she's definitely the heel in the story, but, but like, she's not help. like being like she's, yeah, she's not being uh, violent just for no reason. Um, she she it's normally it does kind of make sense of just like a. She just got you've got to have a bad guy in the story, but it's Bailey for for this one. Could he could easily swap yeah. roles uh, in most of the segments and not really not really change much. Um, but yeah. oh yeah, I, I really enjoyed this one. Um, the inclusion of Chad Gable and Otis made me laugh because <laughs> um, <laughs> Otis is just always funny. His his mannerisms are yeah. always a highlight. Yeah. And Chad Gable, so glad awesome he stopped being well. short I love Chad Gable. Um, oh my god, me too, me too. That's so just the worst. That that was a highlight, um, and just just a little cheating that Bailey did of like skipping the walls and um, cha- changing things up for Bianca yeah. was just quite quite funny. They're both in the Royal Rumble, I believe. So I'm assuming they're going to have some kind of confrontation. In yeah, I don't know if they're actually going to have an out and out match at the Rumble, yeah, but you can like see them having a, a moment, moment in the Rumble, with in the them, Rumble which... maybe where with Bianca maybe eliminating yeah. her or vice versa. So that, that's, that's, that was a, an unexpected highlight for me. I didn't, I wasn't expecting much from it, but I did quite enjoy uh, that moment. Yeah, I mean, I mean Bianca Belair, sorry Belair, um, Feynman, Carey, and Otis. That's impressive, man. Yeah, it's... that is impressive. I know she's a athlete, but that dude's heavy. He's like three hundred and fifty pounds. Um, I'm not sure what that is in stone, but I'm pretty sure it's over well, three hundred pounds. Would be so. It's got to be somewhere around one hundred and forty kilograms, um, which is yeah. It's got to be pushing twenty five yeah. stone. It's not quite double what I weigh. I know. There's one way around. I'm a bit, I'm a bit heavier than half of o- half of an Otis. So, um, <laughs> you're like an yeah, Otis maybe. leg. <laughs> um, so <laughs> he's a big but dude. Otis is a big dude, and it's... for her to carry him, we've we've eaten. Um, and Bailey impressive. struggling to carry uh, Chad Gable, which was obviously for show, but it did just yeah. make that seem way more impressive, even if for, for a second. Yeah, and I'm not sure if it was intended, but her missing the first um, shot yeah. for the basketball as well. That, little that little things like that just made little it. Things like that. I think Bailey's like an um, the other. The only other moment I, that's what? kind of standing out to me from SmackDown this week. Maybe there's some others that you you could talk about, uh, could think about, and talk about. But the other one was the Sasha Banks versus Reginald match. 
Yeah, absolutely. I've got it written down here as one of my bullet points from the show. Reginald may become my new so favourite he... wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I think that dude's made out of rubber or something. He just flips all over the place. I've not heard of him before, but I, th- I read about him a little bit. I assume, I assume NXT, he would be. Which makes sense. But Yeah, yeah, exactly. But it, it was just completely unexpected that he would just bounce all over the place like that. It was like yeah. when you just throw a rubber ball so or something. There are lots of all over uh, wrestlers in... WWE and other promotions who can do the kind of more athletic things. You've got people like in WWE, like Ricochet, for example, who can do all that kind of stuff. But even the the them yeah. have never been given kind of just that, like just go out there and be athletic. Like whatever you do, like you just just do it. And it just seemed way more impressive, and it was very, it was very fun to watch. I think because he was just an unknown, yeah. know what to expect. But yeah, I really enjoyed the match, actually. Um, and I wanted to ask your view on the women's title picture as a whole with, Carme- with Carmella and Sasha. It just, um, it almost feels a bit stale to me at the minute. I like both women. I really, really like Sasha. I've always liked Carmella, even when she was with Ellsworth back in the day. But um, it just, it, I can't sort of see a clear route of where, uh, the women's pit- title pitch is going at the no, minute. No, I'm. Oh, I've been thinking about it for the uh, predicting the Royal Rumble, which we'll get to in a little while, and trying to think about yeah. what the main event of WrestleMania would be with for a Royal Rumble is. Yeah, it's it's a bit of a challenge this year. Some of them are se- seem a bit more obvious, but for me at least, I I am struggling on the yeah. women's title pitches just to kind of figure out where they're going as we said when we we're talking about raw there's no raw title match as of yet at the royal rumble um no. and i don't think um, i don't think they've announced sasha versus carmella for the royal rumble but i would imagine that will be a match that we we see yeah, yeah. It, it just seems like a shame to me because throughout pretty much the entire of last year I thought that the SmackDown women's title with Bailey having it was one of the highlights of all of WWE with the Sasha feuds and everything else that went on. I really, really enjoyed it. And now it I don't seems think it's to have bad. dropped off the I think it's more and just other really... things are better at the minute. Um, like Sa- the Sasha and yeah. uh, Carmella story has been entertaining, um, but it is just, it does does have a feel of where does it go from here um, it just seems to be wheel there is normally that bit of uh, a lull before the Royal Rumble of where stories if they're not going to be going on to Wrestlemania do just kind of yeah. the, the wheels just turn a little bit so hopefully we see something at the Royal Rumble or in the weeks following where we, we start building something something good um, I have some theories. We'll get to those in a in a, in a little while, but it's 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 not a yeah, it's not yeah. a negative for SmackDown. It it's still a, a good part of the show. Um, it's just yeah, it's just kind of a, yeah, it's, it's a bit more, it's not, a bit it's more middle because everything else is so entertaining. It's it is kind of just lacking something a yeah. little bit, and that's nothing against any of the yeah. uh, people involved. Uh, they're all immensely talented. Um, it, it's just you can only you can't kind of quite draw the attention 
when you've got such other big ent- entertaining uh, things on a, on a show. Okay, okay. The last thing I want to say is last week Cesaro beat Daniel Bryan clean and this week I can't even think who he beat now. <laughs> who did he beat? Who did Cesaro beat? Adolf Why Ziggler. is my mind gone completely blank? It was Adolf Ziggler, former world champion. Two former world champions in two weeks. A late push. This is roughly around the time that Drew was pushed last year. Could they be potentially thinking about Cesaro finally winning the Royal Rumble and going into the title picture and shutting up all of the internet nerds going, <laughs> what about Cesaro online? Could they or couldn't they? I think we just what, need to talk about it a little think? bit more when we get to the Royal Rumble itself. But I do have a theory yeah. with Cesaro. And unfortunately, it doesn't involve him going to uh, WrestleMania. No. Not this year. Maybe he could be the uh, challenger post-WrestleMania. And anyone who's listening along may be able to figure out my prediction for the Royal Rumble based on this. But I have a theory, and maybe he could he could be involved. But there is a few people who seem to be getting long-deserved pushes on SmackDown. Um, Big E is another one who's getting a singles push. Nakamura. Although he wasn't on this week's show, was he? I don't I believe remember. so, no. Um, but there is a few... Is, there is a few that are getting no, uh, some pushes, so maybe we're going to see some interesting stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah, we'll go into a bit more during the rumble anyway. But oh, it's just interesting to see that he he's got two big big wins clean in a row. Okay. And it's nice to see. Where do you want to go? So now? Do you go on to the rumble preview. I would just like to mention to anyone that's listening. Um, obviously, there are other shows in the wrestling community. AEW and NXT are obviously the two ones you immediately think of. I unfortunately don't watch those and can't really comment too much on them. No. So I feel like for this week, we need we will pass over those uh, for the most part. But if anyone is listening to this and would like us to talk about AEW or NXT, we'll leave social media uh, accounts you to visit at the end and uh, be able to leave us a message or comment of something you'd like us to talk about because I, I couldn't really talk about anything from this week's uh, shows at all because it's just not something uh, I've been able to watch um, five hours of wrestling a week is uh, <laughs> a bit, would <laughs> quite a lot as it is so Unless you're on furlough yeah. like me and I've got all the time in the world. But yeah, what I would say about that is it's probably the best week ever to not be reviewing either of those shows because they were probably two of the dullest AEW and NXT shows. Mm, that could be I've a controversial opinion. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I wouldn't worry too much about it. Okay, before we go on to the, um, the preview of the Royal Rumble itself, I think we should just have a little chat about the wrestling world in general, what's happened this week. Um, I know we've both heard little bits about The Undertaker's interview of Joe Rogan. Uh, he said some controversial things that... Yeah, I've seen some tweets from to, maybe. some WWE superstars uh, that are kind of referencing it. Um, so I feel like he may have made things a little bit awkward next time he returns to the locker room with a, with a few of them. 
it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of those things with someone from that that era yeah. is going to say. And just so we'll clarify um, for anyone who hasn't seen the the podcast uh, he was on, uh, he basically implied that he preferred the locker room back in the day. So we're talking eighties, nineties kind of wrestling locker room because back then men were men. Um, they were. I think he references that they were some of them had knives and guns on them, and they were they were t- they were tough, tough real <laughs> men back then. And nowadays, you go into locker room, uh, people are worrying that they're going they, about how pretty they look, and um, they're playing video games, and it's just a, a very different environment. And he preferred it back then. And I feel like a bit of the controversy got kind of I feel like it was a bit more than it needed to be with that like he's saying he preferred it back then that's the kind of people he liked to be around that's in of itself i don't think is offensive um and it's i did see someone say, uh, yeah. mentioning that complaining about people trying to look pretty is quite rich coming from a guy that wore eyeliner which did make me laugh <laughs> uh, it, it, there was a lot of things he talks about he talks he also talks on the podcast about I can't remember exactly what his uh, phrasing was, uh, but just saying that the the show was a bit, it was, it was missing something at the minute. It, there wasn't, it, he's not enjoying watching the the product, um, which I feel is a, a statement a lot of people can can understand. Um, there is something that does need to change in WWE. Um, I, uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe that would change, but that's <laughs> not a, that's not going to likely happen um, anytime soon. So there is something that does need to change, uh, and it, it doesn't no. need a big change. A lot of people saying that oh, it needs to not be PG or it needs to to go back to like how it was during the Attitude Era. I'm not entirely sure that would actually save anything. I watched some old episodes of Raw and SmackDown um, during the first coronavirus lockdown. And there was some not very fun segments to sit through. I'm not, I'm not talking about things that were now a little bit unsavory because of like sexism or racism or, or anything like that. But there was just some segments of, yeah, I wouldn't... Uh, be praising it in 2021. Like there, I think I think a lot of people watched the old shows with rose tinted glasses because outside of kind of the rock and stone cold things, some of the stuff as you work your way down the card is not that much better than. So it's still it's still good, and there's definitely a little uh, a little of. Um, I can't think and this nostalgia. There's a little nostalgia for the attitude there, and I'm not entirely sure that would solve all of WWE's problems in 2021. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think the attitude era really has a place now. Uh, and what the Undertaker kind of really needs to understand is that things change, and people change, and times change. So people are different yeah. now to what they were in the 1990s. Um, so yeah, people. I mean. I remember reading about a rib where, well, quite a few ribs where 
it just wasn't very funny. It doesn't seem funny to me. It just seems yeah, like bullying. But the, look, the locker room will have me. changed because but, um, things have changed. But yeah, you can't but, you can't really fault him for being like, oh, I, I liked it back then, rather than now. Because yeah, if you was around that, you would yeah, I mean, you would like that. Yeah, um, that's fine. There's, there's there was some unsavory things and yeah I don't want to say that oh yeah it's perfectly fine how things were back then because it definitely wasn't um but I I wouldn't I I didn't immediately like oh well that's Undertaker done for like no he is still going to be remembered yeah. as being one of the best character uh, wrestlers and a phenomenal in ring worker. So, to some, to me, no, <laughs> I, I've never liked The Undertaker, but that's just me. But hey ho, that is what it is. Enough about The Undertaker, anyway. One thing that I mentioned earlier was that I've been on furlough, and uh, this year I've started reading quite a lot. I've already read Chris Jericho's first book. I've read uh, Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. I'd recommend to anyone. And if Matthew McConaughey wants to sponsor us, <laughs> feel free. I'm giving you free advertising. But, um, I doubt he's listening for some reason. Although there were rumours of him uh, I, I thought you were going to say there were rumours um, of him listening to our week? podcast. Uh, <laughs> I did see something about Matthew McConaughey in wrestling, but I can't... <laughs> well, it'd be I think when I saw it, I wasn't in a, a position to actually like, click and, and read into it, but... No, no, I, I don't think there's any... I think I was in I the queue at Tesco's or something, like, so... Certain wrestling media outlets. Yeah, um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, I've started reading Chris Jericho's second book, um, which is Undisputed. Okay. I think it was written around about 2011, 2010, 2011 or something like that. But uh, one particular bit in it, towards the beginning of the book, that made me chuckle um, was he was when he first got to WWE. Um, the move that we now know and love, the Walls of Jericho, is then unnamed. And um, the office, the writing staff and the office, the back office people sent him a list of uh, names that they thought would suit the Walls of Jericho or the, the inverted Boston Grab or whatever it was called back then. Okay, let's see, um, then, let me see if I can guess some you. first. Um, um, you did mention you... something uh, to me earlier. So I have been trying to think of what some other names would be. Um, um my first thought yeah. when you mentioned it was to an episode of the Stone Cold podcast where he talks about uh, some of his early names for that he was given for Stone Cold before they settled on Stone Cold Steve Austin. And they were atrociously bad. Yeah. I believe I don't think it was exactly this, but I do believe one of them was <laughs> like Freezy McFreeze or something to that uh that likeness so i'm imagining that out of all of them only the walls of jericho was even remotely good um i mean there was a couple in there that you kind of look and think yeah it's okay it's not too bad um but i thought what i'd do okay is i'm gonna give you a choice of five and you tell me, you tell me which one is the one um, oh, okay. Was actually suggested out of these. Yeah. So you try and figure out the real one. All right. So if you remember the time, he's just debuted. The Millennium Clock's gone down. So I, kind of I will admit man. on this podcast that for the character. longest time, I didn't get why Chris Jericho's nickname was Y2J. It was far longer than 
yeah. should have been that I realised that it was Y2J instead of Y2K. Now, in my defence, I didn't watch wrestling around <laughs> that time. I, I didn't, because of how it was in the UK, being on it really late night, I didn't watch a lot of wrestling until the mid 2000s. So I did miss a lot of that when it happened, when it happened. Um, but still it was, I was far older than I should have been before I made the connection between Y2J and Y2K. <laughs> I mean, it's an easy mistake to make, especially as in 1999, um, when you debuted, you would have been six. Tends what time of seven, year, but yeah, about six, I think. Six. Okay. All right. Let's get into some of these names on here. I'm going to give you five options. So, and you've got okay. to pick the one that is in this book in front of you. Okay. So the first okay. one is the Millennium Crash. Um, the, the second okay. one is the Y2 Corkscrew. Um, <laughs> the third one is the Whamma Jammer. Uh, uh, oh man, some of these make me laugh. That was the third one. Um, was that the third one that I gave you? Yeah. I think it was. Um, the fourth one was the Y2J catastrophe. And the final one is oh, they're the Bender. All so bad in their own way. The first two, um, they don't quite make sense because the, they, they seem like they were referring, possibly referring to other moves, um, being a corkscrew and, uh, do you say, a, a clash or a crash? Um, so yeah. I, I, yeah. I hope it's not one of them. Um, the one that made me laugh the most, just because of wrestling, like calling calling a move the bender would be quite funny. But um, <laughs> I feel like the one that made would probably stay funny for the longest was uh, number three, which um, was it the Yama Jammer or what, the Whamma Jammer. I'm going to uh, go for yeah, that because it's so jammer. ridiculous. Okay, but I so also you... really wish that they'd called. They they need to call a move the Whamma Jammer. Um, so you you think that's? What I mean, Vince I feel they like probably suggested the Bender suggested to Jericho. We all know that Vince McMahon has a sense of humour of a eight year old, but I'm gonna hopefully say yeah. Number three, number three is my answer. Okay, well, yeah, I can confirm that you are right. They did suggest the Wham Jammer, but they also oh. suggested all of the other four names as well, and I've. Just... Without five of the actual ones, I should have I should have guessed they were all going to be correct. Um, and I did I I did have a thought when you were reading them out. Like, there's a wow, Sam has come up with some good fake names (laughs) for this, and I should have gone with my instinct and thought, oh no, they're all real. Yeah. Yeah, so let me just read you a couple of the highlights of these names because, believe it or not, they get worse than that. The Bender being the worst, probably. But um, there was the Salad Shooter, um, the Whammer Jammer, which I said, the Y23, and the Embarrasser. Uh, there's also the Twist of Fate, which oh, we know. Did that predate other to the Hardys then? I mean, I'm kind of trying to remember my timelines for wrestling, but. Uh, it must have done. It must have done, yeah. There's also the double leg vice of torment, which is quite funny. Imagine that, <laughs> like JR coming out. See, that's oh why I like the, 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 the Whammer Jammers. So that was quite funny. Just uh, JR saying that. Um, what else have we got here? Killing Time, Power Slave, 
Um, the si- uh, oh yeah, and of course, a symbol of salvation. But anyway, so uh, just a little quite, bit of fun. Quite I thought some, that was uh, quite amusing. Some interesting names. They're not quite as bad as the Stone Cold original names, but I mean, they I suppose they did mention the be- calling it the Bender, yeah, yeah. Um, which even in 1999, I'm sure would still have been uh, known as a uh, kind of slang term. Yeah. It so, would have been offensive probably, for many. Probably for the best that they didn't call it that. Although I do sometimes yeah. wonder whether WWE understands what uh, some of the stuff they, they say. I believe there was a story from years ago where they had a wrestler call someone a wanker on TV, a British wrestler, because they didn't realise... It was offensive, and they just so they just said it and didn't expect it to be offensive. I, I, I could be wrong. I do remember hearing that as a story of them just not quite uh, understanding uh, what certain words mean. So maybe maybe they just didn't think anything of it. So well, there you go. That's WWE for you. Well, shall we yes, get into the uh, uh, the Rumble preview now? So let's just have a look at the matches available i feel that predicting the normal matches is going to be a bit bit more of a challenge being as so many of them haven't been announced so for full match predictions we will upload something to social media before the royal rumble um yeah as well as forfeits, because one thing that me and Damien have done over the years is uh, predict pay-per-views, and whoever loses has to do a forfeit. So um, we'll, we'll be uploading that onto social media. But I think it's yeah, probably so best if at the we minute. Predict if we what we think is going to happen in the Rumble matches. matches. These are the most entertaining matches of the year for me. Um, it's, it's something I look forward to every January. I've actually I've booked time off work this year so that I can stay up and watch it. Um, because unfortunately yeah. I'm not on furlough and do have to go into work normally on a Monday but furlough's not what it makes up to be it's very very true boring. but when Especially it comes to watching wrestling you can't go out and do anything a, a bonus um, but Royal Rumble and WrestleMania are two pay-per-views I always try and watch live um, I will I, <clears> I, do, I do feel those are worth the, the, holid, the booking the holiday uh, from work to do them so I am quite and I even remember watching one WrestleMania around my house with you. I, I do remember uh, that. The that next was day we had to go That would have been our uh, uh, A-level um, year, I believe. Yeah, I feel like it was 2010. It would have been 2010. I think no, it was A-level, A-level because we didn't it? have a it's nine. We didn't have to be in at nine. I kind of remember we where... At 11. So we did have a little bit of sleep. <laughs> okay. But either way... I remember sitting in class feeling very, very tired. And I'm pretty sure we might have got the bus home that time instead of walking. So just yeah, by, we're, we're while I bring up stuff. the list of uh, confirmed wrestlers for the Royal Rumble this year, um, I was going to ask, Sam, what is your favourite Royal Rumble and favourite Royal Rumble moment? Uh, we're, talking, we're talking the Royal Rumble matches, not specifically the pay-per-view overall, but like the, what is the... The one that stands out to you? Well, my favourite Royal Rumble match and probably, the, I don't know, the highlight, one of the earliest ones that I remember, um, 
is Rey Mysterio 2006? winning um, the Royal Rumble. I think it was around, yeah, I was going to say 05, 06. I remember that. I remember when I was a kid. I would have, in 2006, I was, how old would I have been? Uh, 11 slash 12. I, I never actually got and to Rey watch Mysterio that Royal Rumble, awesome. but I, I did Mysterio. have the WWE oh, magazine then. that year that had uh, like the photos yeah. and kind of a, a walk, not a walkthrough, but kind of like a moment by moment description of what kind of what happened for that match. So that was how I experienced that one. I have gone back and watched it since, but yeah, it was, it was just awesome, man. Because yeah, around the time it was so, just yeah. after Eddie Guerrero had passed and uh, it had yeah. PG um, armband on and everything. It, it was just one of the highlights. It is a great of, match. Uh, and one, like I said, one of the earliest ones that I remember. Um, it was. But one one key, one absolute highlight of the Royal Rumble, a bit lighter-hearted and potentially not strictly Royal Rumble. I think it was the greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, was Titus O'Neil tripping over and sliding under the ring. That <laughs> That's my absolute such highlight. Such a moment. <laughs> um, oh, man. Even to this day. No, no, no one who saw that live could hold it together. The commentators laughing was um, the icing on the cake for for that match. Um, um, you can say what you want about the greatest Royal Rumble. It's probably Man, not the greatest so Royal Rumble, um, but yeah, it was. That was such a a funny moment um, for me. My favorite so Royal funny. Rumble. Is, like... Because I, as much as they are enjoyable to watch at the time, sometimes I feel like they don't stick that well in my in my memory. So, but for me, it's not when I watch live; it's when I actually had to go back and watch. Um, but I did actually watch. A, I wanted to watch a couple of the Royal Rumbles just before we did this uh, podcast, and that this was one of them I chose to rewatch. It's the for it's the two thousand and five Royal Rumble with. Batista and John Cena as the last two. It was around oh, the time yeah. I was into watching wrestling. Um, I used to watch it with my dad um, at the weekends. And it was either... It wasn't Raw and SmackDown. Like we watched the extra shows. Um, I can't remember what they were called. They were Heat and Ve- Velocity. But there was there two was other ones. I can't remember what they, they were called. Sunday. Now it's quite annoying but we used to watch those at week at week they were like highlight shows if anyone hasn't watched them uh, well they got WWE combined experience. into experience they used to be separate one for each, each show one of them was WWE bottom line I, and, uh, it, I can't remember what the yeah, Smackdown on. one was called or maybe that was a Smackdown one it's not really important to the story but that was the time I was watching it and um, I was a big fan of both John Cena and Batista their storylines going into the, the Royal Rumble coming out of them were some some fond memories of watching wrestling, but that Royal Rumble, mainly just for the ending, was such a highlight to watch. It's such a good, a good match where you're not even really sure who's going to win, unless of course obviously you know. Um, and it also then has one of the most infamous Royal Rumble moments um, in it, which is them both eliminating each other. At the same time, something that they couldn't that. have planned it to be any Beat better, and they didn't the plan time. it for that to happen. 
Um, and it's a, it's such a uh, ridiculous moment that I'm so glad happened because, yeah, it's it and made, it does also it have the so somewhat bad. that's what makes you remember that uh, unfortunate but quite funny uh, moment of Vince McMahon <laughs> storming to the ring and somehow blowing both of his quads as he gets into the ring. Or so, I think he does one, tries to stand up, and then does the other. And he just sits <laughs> in the ring, legs out, yeah, just like yeah. angrily shouting. And, I mean, he, he he's okay. He recovered from it, so we can kind of <laughs> laugh at it without it being uh, in bad taste. But it just looks so ridiculous because you've got, John Cena, who's six foot, Batista, I think he's like six foot four, stood there looking confused. You've got the refs not knowing what to do. And you've just got a really angry Vince McMahon sat yelling. And what a visual that is. Uh (laughs) It was amazing. It was amazing. If we're talking about quality or rumbles, I think, I don't know, it might surprise some people, but looking a bit... um, a bit closer to home if you want last yeah. year's Royal Rumble I thought was actually awesome it was really really good with the whole Lesnar starting it and who's going to eliminate him is he going to eliminate it all uh, everyone and then obviously Edge's return which I don't think anyone saw uh-huh. uh, not even Kevin Dunn with his camera work because uh, he unforgivably we, we uh, heard ru- managed re- to miss the spear although I remember before um, we in predictions before we'd heard rumours about about a return for Edge, but it still just seemed like just one of those things yeah. where someone says it. It's one of those ones you hear. Yeah, like, oh, Edge is going to return. Or There's been a few. There has been a few of those this year. Yeah, all right. Um, you're saying about Brock Lesnar. I feel that that is one of the things that has been yeah. great about splitting, not splitting the Royal Rumble, but having two Royal Rumbles. Um, not only is there now so much more Royal Rumble to enjoy each year but they can do something like that because if it was the only Royal Rumble match I feel that that Lesnar segment would have worn thin much quicker because you missed out on a lot of the normal stuff you get in a Royal Rumble because it was just Lesnar eliminating person after person but because it was the second Royal Rumble of the night, you'd already had all those other moments, so you got to do something different, and it's definitely a highlight since uh, separate, not separating, but since adding the Women's Royal Rumble in 2018, that they've been able to do those kind of moments yeah. without wasting a, a Royal Rumble. So, Because there's been times before... Um, we had it in 2016 with Roman Reigns defending the WWE title in the Royal Rumble. They just kind of took something away from the Royal Rumble. Um, yeah, 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 definitely. It was now that now that rumble, we have two, they rumble, can take these kind of gambles on doing something a bit different, <clears throat> and it doesn't really affect it. And I'm hoping they do something like that this year because they've yeah. got the whole. I believe it's still. Um, going to be Thunderdome. I don't know if they've got live crowds. I've heard some rum, some rumblings haha, uh, about live cool. crowds, but I'm hoping they are able to do something yeah. with Brilliant. with it and just kind of use a little bit of the 
camera work they've been able to do in the Thunderdome um, with the Royal Rumble, just to make it a little bit interesting. I really hope we do see some some stuff like that because that is a nice little bit of entertainment that we don't normally get. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. uh, I guess that moves us nicely onto this year's Royal Rumble. Um, before we go into sort of winners and what we think is going to happen, uh, do you think there's going to be any surprise entrance? Where they were sat in the back and Roman, yeah. I think he was sort of telling Heyman to uh, to deal with his business, blah, blah, blah. But he was basically having a go at him. And you sort of saw Paul Heyman's face drop in a sense that he, was, he wasn't happy in a way. Yeah. And you could kind of see a story between Brock and Roman leading up to, to, um, to Mania with Brock as a face. And then at Mania, Heyman turning on Roman and realigning with Brock. But I don't know. But okay. there's, there's some logic in Brock winning. Okay. So I have different different winners. Um, I, my left field pick and my kind of uh, favourite to win uh, are both different. I do have an idea for matches for Big E and Lesnar at WrestleMania. Unfortunately, they are against each other. Okay. Interesting. I feel like, I feel like Big E's getting a is getting a push. I mentioned we mentioned it earlier, but I don't feel like he's getting the WrestleMania match against Roman this year. Okay. So my idea for, would be for them to face each other because it kind of ties into the whole Kobe Kingston, Brock Lesnar thing from before. So that's where I think those would go. But obviously that's not a prediction for today. Let's let's hope that comes uh, true. I think that would be a good one. My winner yeah. I've got is. Shinsuke Nakamura. Okay, that's very interesting. He won it a couple of years ago, of course. He did. I'm picking him because he had that win against the uh, the gauntlet. Only, I mean, you say he won. He he did win the gauntlet only for Roman to cost him it. I feel like that builds the story. Yep. Um, now he wasn't on SmackDown this week, which is interesting to me because I feel like they would have wanted to keep him on, but maybe they're doing it as like, oh, you're not thinking about it. And he's going to come out, he's going to be like 29 or something, and he's going to win the Rumble and he's going to face. So he's at the back of your mind. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, and we mentioned about Cesaro getting a push. I think if they do push him, he will get, he will feud with Nakamura. So he'll be the post uh, mania rumble, uh, post mania rivalry. Yes, that's why. That's what I think. That's what I would do if I if so. If I was booking my story, Nakamura wins. Maybe they have a blow off match, whatever the pay per view immediately after WrestleMania is, and then you build, then you throw in Cesaro in into that. I feel like that could be a good story. Maybe not necessarily straight away. Maybe you build that for like a SummerSlam one, but I feel like that's one of the big feuds afterwards. I feel that would, would be good. A lot of people would like to see that. Yeah. Out of left field is difficult because I yeah. can't think of anyone that's really unlikely. Well, not really, unlikely, but one that would be quite surprising. Um, I've I've got up the list of everyone that's confirmed and the only one that's on there, I'm like, yeah, that wouldn't happen, is Jay Uso, um, <laughs> because that wouldn't yeah. really make much sense. I don't see that happening either. 
So an out-of-left-field one is a bit more difficult. I don't think it's going to happen, but just because I need to say something, (laughs) I'm going to pick... Go on. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not hesitating for... (laughs) I'm hesitating because I'm trying to think. Um, I was hoping just by saying that I would like trigger some idea and just a name would come out of... I mean, Shinsuke Nakamura is pretty left field in itself. I don't think That's it good. is because they've built, they've they've already t- started that story. It is, yeah, but we've in the last two weeks. But I suppose that's what they did with Drew last year. Okay, so those are some interesting picks for the men's rumble. Uh, moving on to the women's rumble, I'll start again with uh, who I think and want to win. Uh, what about surprises first? Oh uh, yeah, surprises for the women's one. Well, I found it a bit harder for the women's one to be honest. So I, mean, I suppose you could say maybe Lita, Trish, and people like that might come back. But they did that was it yeah. last year or the year before? Um, so again, I think it most likely would probably be some NXT guys coming up. Maybe Candice LeRae. She's been really good in NXT. Um, an NXT person is actually who I've got as the winner. Okay. Uh, so I've got Rhea Ripley to win the Rumble. Um, and I think between the Rumble and Mania, potentially at the Elimination Chamber, Charlotte Flair wins the Raw women's title. Okay. Uh, and Rhea Ripley goes on to win uh, the belt at WrestleMania. And again, it's, like it's a, a flip a- from last year. Exactly, exactly. I, I have a feeling they're going to do it. Because do you remember last year they had that vignette with um, Rhea Ripley? At, is it Raymond James Stadium where they've got Mania and they went to have it last year? And she was like, oh, "I've worked all my life to get here." And then pretty much the next week, pandemic happens. You're in the performance center. You yeah. lose your belt, Charlotte. But I have a feeling they might do that, and she's going to go. Oh, it's been the worst year of my career, but I've been grinding, and I've got to the Rumble now, and I'm going to win the title at Mania. And that's where I think they're going to go. Okay, that would be good. So I, I wouldn't be opposed to, to seeing that. Do yeah. you have Two. a left field? I mean, no, I think yeah, that is quite field. a left field. But Yeah, I think I've actually done these in the wrong order, <laughs> actually. Because I've put left field, and I couldn't think of anyone left field at all. But the only one that I could think of was Bianca Belair winning. So I, and going yeah, I would consider place. that like uh, a more obvious... Yeah, yeah. I've put I've put them the wrong way around. But anyway, Bianca Belair. I think she's getting a push on SmackDown, isn't she, with the whole Bailey stuff? And I could see a good program between her and a, a heel Sasha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't think of anyone else to be honest. So who you got? Um so I would have gone for Bianca Belair as a winner, but in the spirit of um picking different people. Uh, for the predictions, just make it a bit more interesting. I will pick someone else. I did have a couple of other names in mind. Um, I won't tell you my surprise yet because my surprise is also my left field pick. So my okay. winner, I will pick. Who's? I'm no. I'm going to go with Alexa Bliss. Okay. As, yeah, you could see it happening as a winner because she's had that that bit with. Um, Asuka on Raw, that could be like the setup for a feud. 
maybe they won't because they've just had a match, but I can't think of anyone. Like, I feel like Bianca Belair is going to win. So um, I think she's the obvious one. Yeah, so I'll, I'll go for Alexa Bliss. Um, I feel like you may get the point on that prediction if they go for like an obvious one. But if they go for an out-of-left-field one, something that no one's really expecting, then my surprise return to win it is Ronda Rousey. See, I was going to I was going to put her in there, but I thought, why would she come back in the crowdless era of WWE? Because WrestleMania isn't going to be <laughs> crowdless. They are do, going to do fans yeah. at WrestleMania. It's been what two? It'll be have been what two years since he left. Two um, years, yeah. At, at WrestleMania, that is. Um, and long-term booking, which I know WWE never do. Or, <laughs> this or, is sounding optimistic already, at best. But there is a follow-up story. If she returns and wins, she becomes champion again. It doesn't matter who she be- beats, really, um, for it to work. I feel like she would probably go SmackDown over Raw. Okay. Okay. Um, and SummerSlam or next WrestleMania or some point, I don't know whether she keeps the title till then or just gets it back on them. But there is a follow-up feud that will eventually be suitable, which is Becky Lynch. At some point, she's going to. She's probably going to return. It won't be for a while yet. Probably, we're probably not talking even next WrestleMania. But I just have this suspicion in my head that at some point they're going to want to do the rematch between the two of them. Oh, they'll definitely want to. And I think on the initial match they, uh, at WrestleMania the other year, they missed the chance by not just making it a singles match yeah. between them. Now, I don't know how long it takes to go from having a baby to being... WrestleMania ready. I don't know. I, I, no I can't think of any wrestler who has had a kid, uh, any female wrestler who's had a kid and then returned. Nothing springs to mind. Especially at the times we're in at the minute. Would so, you want to leave your kid to go and work in so, uh, in wrestling during a pandemic? It's true. I don't. So I don't know whether that is even possible. But from a from a, a booking point of view. Rousey returns, beats Sasha Banks at WrestleMania. She's on she's on SmackDown. Becky Lynch comes back yeah. to challenge her. She goes to SmackDown because Seth's on SmackDown. We'll keep them together. Like it just it works as a story. Now whether it's at all possible, I don't know. It's I mean it's interesting. It'll be good if it happened. But, uh, but I suppose that's why it's a left field one. That yeah, that's why it's left field. Like I'm fantasy booking a little bit, but you know maybe it will happen. Probably won't. But okay. <laughs> <laughs> before um, we wrap, do you uh, do you think we're going to be seeing any surprising moments in the rumble, like Casey Catanzaro did the other year, or Kofi's spots? Uh, Bianca Belair. Is there anything else that they one. can do? I think Bianca Belair is going to yeah. do something. Bailey's okay. going to eliminate her, but she's going to jump onto the barrier, jump back in, and then eliminate Bailey. Something like that. 
Um, if it if it's on the way to win, great. If not, hopefully Alexa does, and then I get the point. Um, we will uh, predict the other matches. There's only two, which are the men's um, championship matches at the moment. Um, I feel we're both thinking that they're going to retain. Or at least hoping. Uh, yeah, at least hoping. So we will post <laughs> full predictions for all the other matches uh, onto our social media um, in the coming week. Um, if you aren't following us on one of those, one, I'm not sure how you found out about this podcast, uh, but you can follow us on Twitter at Figure4UK. And we are also on Facebook, uh, where you can find us just by searching The Figure Forecast. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we close, Sam? No, I think we're about there, mate, to be honest. I think uh, I think we've pretty comprehensively done that. Yeah. Well, hopefully it was as enjoyable to listen to as it was to record. And uh, let us know what you think. Yeah, hopefully we'll see you soon. We'll see. <laughs> Sorted. There we go.